Don't want to burst your bubble, but it turns out we broke time this week on The Hapless Heroes. I have learned that I have a lot to learn. How much did it pain you to do so? Hello and welcome back to the Hapless Heroes podcast. My name is Dave and I will once again be your host and dungeon master for this evening. It's the beginning, the second episode of our ultimate run, our final adventure in this campaign of the Hapless Heroes podcast. We'll begin, however, the same as we begin every other night by introducing our cast. I'm going to start all the way at the left with Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I wonder if I can just stab those three Tarantuses apart. To her left, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. To his left, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. You think there are people in those cities? And to his left, we have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I'll have a plan. And we left off. Last, with the three spheres, the three orbs, possible Taranti, converging together out in this space outside time, but also outside Legradex. We know it's time from the shards of time. We haven't actually confirmed because Dr. Hines has not been able to taste them. Apparently, time has a distinct flavor. I don't know if it's fruity, bitter, umami. But some, some, somehow, Dr. Hines knows, and it, it's the flavor of time. But, I mean, this also tells us that there are m- multiple states of time that are, include liquid and solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, some sort of and, riff on relativity. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, so... The spheres um, have converged. And we have a danger room being built. A danger room is being built. Um, so I guess if we're just, you know, if we're back in the room looking at the sky uh, or this you know, yeah. space out of the side of time sky, line, uh, sky box here. Yeah. Uh, what else is happening now that those cities have merged? Well, now that things have merged... And it appears that because because of the way they line up, the there are three shafts of light coming out of both of the top and bottom. But in between right. all three of them, at kind of a conjunction in the middle of them, not at the center of each any individual sphere, but at the center of all three together, it appears that some sort of tower is being constructed. <laughs> oh, good. We love towers. Yes. It's just such a very D&D kind of thing. Because I can't, really I can't depict a dungeon below ground, but towers, towers are great. Towers are large. And yeah. Obvious. And yeah. Very much right there. Yeah. 
Um, okay. So, obviously, right, that's also not good. Um, so, I think that, personally, I think the plan is we need to find a way to power up and fast. Uh, and then get there and stop that. I think that's a fairly good plan. It sounded like the boys could devise a machine to launch us over to it. Well, right now we're building a danger room. Yeah. Let's do that first. Yeah. Oh, so it does certain, sound like, certain. yeah, we may have a means to get there. Yeah. yeah, that's good. The elevator door pops open, and a somewhat winded-looking Flynn and Fletcher are standing there. Hey, everybody. We know what we're going to do it for the rest of the afternoon. Take a nap. And they slump down in the corner of the elevator. Wow. Fantastic. These kids are nuts. Um, if I go to the elevator, there's not a button that just says danger room. Is there? In big red letters. <laughs> oh, you'd love to see it. You, you really love to see it. Um, look, I'm not I, trying to make shit difficult here. No, I know. I just, I love that. <laughs> uh, do we want to go check that out while these guys take a well-deserved break? Yes. Cool. I'm going to, I'm going to hop on the elevator. Yeah, I'll go. I'll All go right. With my finger ho- hovering over the danger room button. Hovering over. Okay. You are in the elevator. You have not pressed the danger room button. You're merely hovering. You're hovering. Just, you have a little bit we're of waiting for. Yeah, there's like just a just a slight hesitation. Yeah, I, you know, I, obviously, I wait for everybody to get on. Yeah, to the a elevator. little bit of itt, yeah. some uh, some intent to touch. Oris gets to mm-hmm. the elevator and kind of like looks with Hector, and Hector like shifts his arms all awkwardly, like one at a time, to like squeeze them in, like yeah. the most awkward giant cat. Yeah, with legs. It, it it happens, and it's awkward, and it smells very crustacean in here now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yummy. Um, and yeah, then I will press the danger room button. The danger room button is pressed and the party as a whole, plus the inert forms of Flynn and Fletcher zip on down into the bowels of this place. And it opens up onto a large room. We're talking. It is easily a quarter mile like in each direction, like maybe several hundred feet high. You are somewhere in the underneath and it is large and you can kind of see the individual square panels that make everything up. There are several training dummies in various places. There's what look like alchemy stations and shelves upon shelves of books for, you know, wizardly pursuits. Some others uh, in kind of more of a ceremonial looking area for maybe religious pursuits. Um, there's also just to continue a rhyme, plenty of lutes for those who want to, uh, you know, pursue their musical pursuits. Interesting. Um, there, ha- since you said it's a quarter mile in every direction. Oh um, yeah. It's just, it's uh, gigantic. Out of curiosity. And, and we are underground. Yes. Um, there doesn't happen to be somewhere in here, a door that was once previously leading to other parts of Legradex, is there? There are numerous doors at uh, some of the edges. You would have to probably examine more closely to find the specific door you're looking for. Just, you know, just trying to think ahead here, because, like, there's other, you know, 
other things we might be able to check out or other folks we might be able to rally to give us a hand and powering up like uh, Clangadin comes to mind. Uh, he's still kicking around, you know, just like trying to call upon whatever people we still have left in our corner that have more power than we do and finding some way to get to that level. I mean, Hobbit right. was training with Clangadin for a while. Yeah. And if we could, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Caesar, like, maybe. Just kind of get that extra. Mm-hmm. Right, right. See if we can get Caesar to come help, uh, you know, hang out with, with this boy. Uh, Literally. Well, that would be the actual nice. gods aren't allowed here, right? No. Actual gods, like full-fledged big, big G gods are not. Smaller, minor gods like a Caesar Southwind or an Ascended Jarrell the Light Ma would be able to exist in this place. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was going to say you're here. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Moradin, however, was a little too full-fledged to join you. Hmm. Okay. I'd like to... Okay, well, I mean, I, I want to just take, take a look around here, right? Yeah. Like, I want to take a look and see how, uh, like, you know, what some, where some of these doors lead and, you know, a little bit more, I guess, about where some, like, what some of these specific areas are. These books are interesting, but I'll check those out later yeah. in my own time. Uh, um, there yeah, is, I, if you make it maybe about 100 feet in, there's sort of a common area in the middle that has what appears to be some sort of auto-magical um, display board that shows the different departments where you could train for things. Interesting. Um, I'd also be curious, just for some of my companions here, um, who uh, maybe are still walking around with weapons that are not magical, um, to find a way to you know, procure or create or enhance or enchant what we already have. Armory is under A. I think that makes sense. Um, just I figured, you know, I just letting letting our, you know, my friends who do use weapons know yeah. who sorry, my friends who aren't Jarell, who have a really cool sword already. Um, and a grail shaped grail. Yes, you have a grail shaped grail. I could be a moral dagger. That could be important. Nicole, yeah, right. I mean, Boris has a cool, a cool dagger, but you know what? But you, but you, you know, your hand crossbow is rather ordinary, for example. Could say right? ordinary, um, but if I could, could get crossbow bolts that are made out of pieces of stuff like my hand dagger, that would be cool. Interesting. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's just, let's just, let's think about that, right? There's an armory. We got that. Yes. That's great. Um, there are various training areas. There are several very large areas where you could battle uh, dummies with uh, various different designations. Some that look like the various large undead that you may have already or may have seen or may have encountered. Uh, Jaral would make oh, his way over to one of those and just see if like, how many he could like how many dummies he could fight his way through and stuff like that for sure. Or is he just going to start? You're just, you're, you're just going to start training. Yep. Like, Sword yep, no on delay. fire. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Round one. Start. 
and uh, what um, would be some. Let's see. This one would start with just three regular uh, like skeletons. Okay. You obviously obliterate them by just sort of looking at them with the slight squint. <laughs> yeah, right. Give them the a clean look. look. Yeah. <laughs> Round two, where five, I don't know, ghouls or something like that come up and you e- obliterate them equally easily. And things kind of go on and you start getting larger and larger um, undead to obliterate with uh, your turn or destroy undead before you would presume after a few more rounds that it would get to ones that you couldn't just destroy offhand. Uh, Jaro would keep going. It's just just like XP grinding. It's like what he's doing. (laughs) Right? Like, you know, like in a video game. Okay. We're going to kind of pencil whip some of them and eventually you get to having to fight Grave Titans. Right. That's what I was looking forward to. I, I, yes, you get there. I would like to yada yada that because I don't want to kind of slog through those combats, but oh we can God, take no. it as read that <laughs> you defeat them with some effort. Right. Do you want to continue? Uh, Jarrell is going full tilt. <laughs> like, yeah, until it seems like these things are starting to really like see, see where he maxes out pretty much. Okay, I would like to turn the attention to the rest of the party very briefly just to see. Um, so, Felix, what are you looking at while uh, Jarrell has decided he wants to go all full on against the undead? Well, I mean, understanding what the intent of this space is, like, you know, I, you know, I'm obviously still thinking about trying to find people to rally to our cause, but like, it seems like, you know, Jarrell's just trying to get started straight into, you know, improving himself. And you know what? That's probably not a bad idea if that's what the intent of this space is. Um, I need to find I need to find a quiet area because, like, you know, I have some tomes on my person, right? Those like those tomes I've had for a long time that I've just like had stowed away. And I also want to check out, you know, what other literature they have here. I'm trying to because Felix is a warlock, right? Warlocks get their power from things that sometimes they don't fully understand or sometimes they, you know, certain warlocks maybe have made deals with, you know, certain patrons to receive the powers that they have. Felix doesn't necessarily know where his power came from. And I remember last time I was here, something talked to me. Ed. I want to find a a quiet place to try to talk to it again. Because if I'm going to be able to get any power, it's going to be from that. And if there's any time to call that in, it's now. I might have been afraid of it for a long time to, like, really understand what it is that, you know, makes me what I am. But if 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 not, if, if, if now's not the time to call in that lifeline, I don't know what is like I, I need the power and I need it now. And I'm probably willing to make a deal to make it happen. Mm. But I don't necessarily want Jarrell while he's, you know, <laughs> pissed off and just breaking look, shit. You just look and Jarrell's like um, covered in <laughs> what looks like. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like exactly. Right. And I'm just like, I'm looking at that things. and being like, okay, he like, I, he's obviously not going to approve of what I'm about to probably do here or what I might, you know, be putting myself up to do. 
Um, but at the same time, I feel like like this is the play. Okay. Uh, so yes. Um, so we're gonna have you kind of separating yourself from folks. I don't yes. want to play that out yet. I'm gonna bounce around. No, to it's folks, fine. But but, that, but that's but that's that's yes. sort of that's that's what I'm aiming to do now. I'm All trying right. to find a quiet place to do that somewhere that I can really kind of just focus on my my magic, my energy, and like you know where like the like source this. of it and and, and channel that. Yeah. Right? I, I, I like that. I think that would be your path to power. So let's move yes. along to um, Boris. What are you and the crustacean up to now that you have enough space for him to not be all crabby with everyone? Um, so starting in this room, Boris is a little overwhelmed by choice because, I mean, Boris is a rogue because that was kind of her only option, right? By like yeah. her her path of life uh so with the overwhelming choices to learn a bunch of stuff in front of her boris is gonna like bounce from station to station wanting to try everything once so like she runs over to an alchemy station and just mixes a bunch of stuff together and there's like a poof in front of her and her hair is all big and there's like you know like a cartoon looking like explosion in front of her and oh, then like 100 runs over and like fights a skeleton and then like you know gets bored of fighting like one skeleton and Jarell's got his like he's clearly taken that up so she doesn't want to be like in his space so like runs over and does and just is like failing miserably at trying everything she picks up a lute and goes to strum and like breaks a string and just like looks around and hopes nobody sees it and just puts it back on the wall and like inches <laughs> away <laughs> And then eventually just starts jumping from bookshelf to bookshelf and falling back into her normal like room. Like she's just using whatever stuff is around to practice her her roguing skills after a certain point of realizing that maybe she's good at the things she's already doing. Hey, <laughs> look at that. Just a little bit of character refinement and development there. But how about Quinn? What is uh, Quinn up to right now? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's two options for him. Uh, I think the fact that Caesar is 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 in access to him, right? I think yes. he's going to use that to his advantage. I think he's going to try to gain as much um, knowledge, as much uh, confidence from his father as he can while he has the opportunity. Okay. okay. So, um, what is your passive perception, Quinn? Oh, geez, um, not great. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it is, uh, 15. There's, there's just the slightest smell on the air. It smells familiar to you. You're not sure what it is. It's, it's just, it, it's, it's like coated in your soul. Like just one of those core memory smells is just tantalizing. It's at the edge of your perception and it's, it's off off in the distance to if if we were to assign directions, we would call it the Southwest. Not that it has anything to do with the directions anybody else did, but I like calling it that. So that's where we're going to say you're off in a different direction from other people. And you smell you smell something. South wind going Southwest. I like it. Sure. It's you know, you are now free to move about the danger room. So um, we're going to just loop it around back to uh, Jarrell. So Jarrell, you're uh, doing a little bit more uh, danger battling this time with some uh, some of those bony um, like uh, ghoulish uh, things that were even nastier than Grave Titans. 
Oh yeah. It's just some some eldritch awful constructions of bone and awfulness. Mm-hmm. Scything sharpened bones and terror at you and actually occasionally getting hits in. Like, you know, you gotta you gotta parry some stuff off. You gotta you gotta do some things. Right. Yeah. In fact, um, you know what? Make me a um make me a strength check. So our, uh, you know, the equivalent of a strength saving throw. If you got any saving throw bonus, nat twenty. Nat twenty. Yeah, you are just, you're just, you're doing it. You are doing it. Like these things aren't really nailing hits of any significance on you. You're parrying. You're blocking. You're obliterating. You are just being the vessel of whatever power Valen has left in this world. You are channeling it to smite. Some bows. Sounds about right. Yeah. So speaking of potential foes, we want to take a look at what uh, Felix is doing and what kind of powers he might be consorting with. Now that we've gotten to sort of a secluded, it looks like almost a little library section. Like there's bookshelves here. And while the ceiling is way, way above you, it looks like there's some kind of darkened maybe felt or velvet that's canopied over the top of some of these shelves and there's like a little table there with some candles on it you know in sort of a little room made of bookshelves there it's secluded it's cozy it's eldritch perhaps there are two chairs at a single table in the middle of the room Well, I'm going to go sit at one of the chairs. Um, And actually, I think that what I'm going to do is perform that legend lore ritual I was talking about, but I am going to perform it on uh, myself. And I'm going to name Felix Fizzlebottom. Because maybe if I glean knowledge about myself, whatever legendary importance is tied to me will become known to me. Mm. Felix, what do you remember about the day you died? I remember Ool exploded. Yes. Yeah, that was... I remember... I remember being caught in the wake of it as I was on the road traveling south away from Ool. Yes, and just told. And then I remember wait, and then I remember waking up after yeah. I definitely died. You died. You weren't. You weren't just dead. You were gone. The explosion and the rending of reality itself just tore you bit from bit. You were disassembled down to the atoms, and yet somehow you were back. But do you remember why? No. I just felt like this. Like I felt like I got a second chance, but I didn't know from what. And it never really asked me for anything in return. I just kind of kept getting stronger. You are shocked as you are blasted into the back of your seat by some sort of force unseen and unknown. Your eyes, your vision gets a little bit blurry. If someone were looking at you from the outside, they would see your pupils up in the back of your head. But what you see is just a zoom from right to left of like time or space or whatever, whooshing on past you. And we're going to pause what you see for a second. And Boris, 
So you're jumping over things. You're up, you're on, you're around, you're in, you're over, you're every preposition that there exists <laughs> over the bookshelves and under the tables and just honing those skills of agility and mobility and dexterity that rogues have. But are you looking for anything in particular? Uh, after the first few minutes, yes. Uh, Boris jumps and dives, uh, basically playing the floor as lava, dives her way down to the armory and, and starts now, looking now for a, a much cooler version of her hand crossbow or something else that can replace her hand crossbow and be a cooler, you know, magic-y kind of weapon. Yes. Things are found. It looks like someone took some inspiration from the last time they saw Reason. There are crossbows and hand crossbows, and there are some pretty nice ones. And it looks like on a shelf in the back in a glass cabinet with a little bit of dust on top of it, if you were to open it up, there are a pair of excellent, beautiful, gilded with gold filigree hand crossbows made of some sort of shiny black material. It's hard, like... like a super hard plastic, almost like if someone inlaid gold into Bakelite. <laughs> That'd be it, shiny. Yeah. But there is a pair of them, and they would be plus two hand crossbows. Ooh. Boris takes the pair That's... of them. Is there like a cool That's holster nice. or something to go with them? Um, well, you can investigate the case that they're in. I investigate the case. All right. Investigate uh, it. Investigate. I like checks. They make me feel good. <laughs> I like to I like to roll dice. Yeah, 18, 18. All right. Well. Yeah, there's a little bit of a drawer here, and you got to kind of jimmy it open a little bit, but, uh, yeah. Takes a little bit of work. Um, roll a d6. Five. Hmm. So, part of, there is the leather holster in this drawer, but it gets kind of caught on the mechanism as you open it. And one of the two holsters gets destroyed. So you only have the left uh, side holster for one of these hand crossbows. Hmm. You have the parts for a right hand side one, but it would need to be mended somehow. I mean, I could do that. I'm, I'm proficient with a disguise kit and a forgery kit, which means that I've got to have some level of sewing skill, right? So, yeah, I, I take a moment to repair it. Okay. Um, which one of those skills would be highest? I feel like the disguise kit makes more sense because that's where you'd have, like, your need, you know, your sewing and, like, yeah. fabric. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I feel like you would have mundane sewing skills through that that might even apply to leather. Go for it. Hey, disguises come in many shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. What do I use for my disguise kit? Let's see. So um, Dave, as a DM, would choose an ability score to tie this tool yeah. check to. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you would roll that. You would roll a d20 and add your ability score bonus and your proficiency bonus and or expertise based on if you had that. 
Unless you can tell me a different place that sewing <clears throat> comes from for you personally, I would make it a dexterity check. Oh, no, dexterity sounds great. Okay. Yeah, some people <coughs> sew from the fingers. Some people sew it from their grandma's wisdom or something like that. So if that's where you got your sewing from, I'd allow that as a check. But raw dexterity, hey, that's always the way to go. 25. Yeah, you dexterously sew this back together and you now have a full holster again. I holster my new hand. Yeah. So now you have two hand crossbows and they are holstered in a jaunty way on each. Well, wherever you want them holstered, they're pretty versatile holsters. They could be under the arms. They could be on your hips. They could be across your back. However you want to do it. It's your aesthetic. You make it happen. <laughs> One on like each thigh, like or like on oh, the yeah. sides of my legs. Yeah. Yes. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dig that. All I right. leap up out of the armory, pull them out of the holsters, and shoot two dummies immediately. Yes. So yes, you see the first two dummies. You see one of them looking like a soldier, and one of them looking like uh, some sort of older wizard-looking thing. But you can't. Uh, you can't see the. Uh, uh, name designations on them, but uh, you stick uh, crossbow bolts right in the foreheads of each of them. And with that, we kind of cut over to Quinn. You smell things. I you've do. You've been like Toucan Sam of old. You've been following your nose. <laughs> always mm. knows the smell of ocean air. That's what I figured I was smelling. Yes. That's so that saline smell. Yeah. It almost seems like there's buildings built in the built in this cavernous room and they start to look a little more like ones you'd find at docks until you find one that looks sort of like a large almost town hall building. It says the Naval War College. Cool. I enter as you get closer, seeing it at the door. It also says Professor Cesar Southwind. Mm hmm. Of, of course, Uh-oh. he's an educator. Professor Dean <laughs> Quinn said. Professor Dean <laughs> Captain Lord Quinn Southwind Yeah <laughs> Yeah we start calling him the Dean I start putting him in the guise of Craig Pelton <laughs> Oh god <laughs> I don't want to do that to poor Caesar. I think he's uh He's a little too much of a personality for that. So you enter and it's a single classroom in the middle of this town hall size building with rows of desks, all with, you know, a single ink pot and a quill and a piece of parchment in the middle of them and sitting at the desk wearing a smoking jacket with uh, kind of his ankles crossed over each other, sitting on the desk, um, sort of leaning back a little bit and smoking out of a pipe that blows bubbles out of it is Caesar Southwind himself. Love it. Well, uh, son, I see you finally decided to come to school. I have learned that I have a lot to learn. How much did it pain you to do so? We shall not speak of that. <laughs> Good, good, good. Come sit. We'll teach you the ways of warfare. 
and he plunks down a gigantic tome that has what looks like the wheel of a ship right on the cover. He spins it in almost like a vault door. It spit like the big old wheel spins and locks on the side of the book opens and he flings it open. Come and look. We will show you the secrets of naval warfare. And we cut from that montage back over to Jarrell. Now, while doing a little more fighting, you're starting to you're starting to get pretty gassed here. Right. Starting to run up against your limits. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Like, um, we'll make one more strength check against uh, these uh, these fiends here. Okay, when he's getting tired. That one wasn't the nat 20. (laughs) Um, 15. (laughs) 15. Yeah, this one's this one's fighting you to your limit. Like uh, you go anything further past this, you are going to be in some trouble. Um, is this a kind of danger room where, like, if you die, you die? Or like, does the machine have to malfunction in order for, <laughs> for the things to come become real and try to kill you? you it's a little too to, late like, for you to ask that question. <laughs> you could try to yield, but would Jarrell ever yield? Uh, I don't feel like he would. He's going to continue to fight on. All right, Jarrell... You do fight this one, and it uh, takes you to a standstill, and you're wounded in a few places, and you're pretty gassed. Mm-hmm. Would you like to continue? <laughs> Charles not backing down until he's unconscious. I get, I'm, I'm like I'm seeing like the scenes of this like montage here. Like everyone's like start, like you know because like, like I feel like yes, there's certain montages. Okay, everyone starts off and we're like doing a bunch of stuff, and everyone's like getting things together, but then suddenly it's like, okay, hold on. Like we're we're reaching like what like like the limits of like what we're able to achieve here and like now like you see like Jarrell it's like it's like one of those things I didn't hear no bell <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> three felt like a magic number for me but we're gonna see how many rounds Jarrell wants to go all right so we'll get back to you and we'll let okay. you uh, make another crack at this uh, after this so uh, Felix. Time is rewinding in front of your eyes. You zip back through the adventures, through Ool, back to Tarantus, back to the kingdom of Vesh, and to uh, death at the very, very beginning, and then back to your own death, and things start to slow down as we approach the time. And you're shown the moment when you're destroyed in a robed, cloaked figure standing off in the distance, watching you destroyed. Then coming forward and tapping his staff on the ground a few times and you being reconstructed from the dirt. (laughs) Just as planned. And then everything zips back forward into the present time. And you're left there, slightly breathless, all, (gasps) you know, as one would be after you've seen your life flash before your eyes yet again. Um, it's going to be fucking creepy if the answer is yes. But uh, is there now something else sitting in the chair across from me? There is. Or is that chair still empty? 
Now the hooded and robed guy. figure. Well, you found me. Uh, what are you? <laughs> A simple weaver of plans. Someone who saw some eventualities, who set some things up in advance just to make sure things were taken care of. You certainly seem to have benefited. Yeah, but like, I, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, why, why me? Why did you, like, why did you bring me back? Further my plans. Well, do your plans include destroying Vecna? Best not to say his name out loud too many times, lest he hear you. Okay, I'm, I'm not about to do this heat who shall not be named bullshit, so uh, that's fine. But, but anyhow, okay. anyhow, anyhow. The, the, question, the question remains. He and I will eventually not see eye to eye, and only one of us will walk away. Most prudent to do it early on, right? Hmm. I mean... Now's as good a time as any. Mm. I feel like we've sort of reached a point where it needs to happen. That's thinking like the arch pragmatist I thought you could be. So what do you want from me? I want... Can you defeat Vecna? First, I want to... I want to hear your plan. My plan? is to get me and my allies as powered up as we can be and take the fight to Vecna before he finishes whatever he's doing with those three cities he's stolen from time. Hmm. Well, I have plans of my own, and I think we could see to something of an arrangement, some sort of overlap. What do you mean by that? Well, that form of yours, so versatile, so shifty. You won't need it when you're done, will you? When you've reached the end of this unnatural life we give you. Wouldn't mind if I borrowed it, would you? I'll give you the power to see your enemies destroyed. But you, after you're done with it, let me, let me drive for some time. I don't think I really have a choice here. And it doesn't really sound like I ever did. In my defense, you'll be too dead to care. If it means putting an end to all this, Okay, let's do it. Excellent. We have an accord. Seems like I'm already on borrowed time anyways. 
You could say that. <laughs> Didn't catch your name, unknown patron. Larlock. Begin with the books upon Larlock. You'll need to know what I know, and first you'll need to know what I am. Down the shelf over yonder. It's almost like I planned to meet you here. Of course you did. Okay. Boris! <laughs> hmm. See, we keep the action moving along. Boris, <laughs> you've got some wicked hand crossbows now. Where will you go to increase your knowledge? Will you go to fight dummies? Will you go to study the arts somewhere? I mean, definitely not the second thing. Um, Boris will fight some dummies. Um... Yeah, she'll start with fighting dummies. She's also, while fighting dummies, kind of keeping an eye on the Jarell battlefield so yep. that she can uh, she can leap in there when it looks like it turns into a two-player game. You're on the next court over. This one <laughs> seems to be more geared for spiting, fighting <laughs> for fighting spellcasters. Spiting fellcasters while fun, you know, and being snarky and spiteful doesn't really, you know, do anything besides stopping them from their fell powers. But fighting spellcasters, a much more generalist thing to do now there. There we go. That's a thing. So there's one in the middle of the floor. It looks. Aged. Haggard. You know, with the usual robes, because how would you know it's a spellcaster otherwise? And it seems to have some sort of panel below it that uh, shows its name and designation. Of course, throws a dagger. All right, you throw the dagger. Roll a d20. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. It sticks dead center of the dummy and it rocks back a little bit and then forward, back, forward, back, forward, boing, 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 and then uh, comes to a stop. And then shoots a fireball at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing as of yet. I mean, it's my trusty dagger, so the dagger's back in my hand. I guess it, I would just keep throwing the dagger. I, or, or I would throw the dagger a second time, at least. Yes, you throw the dagger a second time. Uh, the dummy acts as it continued to before, with its nameplate below it and its, you know, rocking motion. Boris kind of walks up confused and like pokes the dummy in the forehead. <laughs> the dummy rocks back and then forward towards you. You see the name on uh, the nameplate below. It's a V3 CN4 model. It's <laughs> great. That's great. Oh, God. 
I had to type it out to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boris just goes full pummel, right? I'm like daggering it. I'm crossbowing it. I jump in the air and kick it in the face a few times. I just like go absolutely to town on the dummy. Yeah. Are you saying or doing anything while doing it? Or are you just silently beating the hell out of it? Just silently beating the hell out of it. Okay, it takes all of that punishment uh, with uh, stoic resolve. Frustrated, Boris pulls Filbert's wand out of her pocket and pokes it in the eye of the dummy. It pierces the skin of the uh, dummy and kind of sticks in the head a little bit. She repockets the wand and just kind of like stares at it, completely stumped for a moment. <laughs> Does, doesn't seem like you turned it on. Like it's not, you know, it's not fighting back. Boris pulls her dagger out again and says, dab while she pokes it. <laughs> It is poked and thus stabbed. What's Jarell fighting in the next court? <laughs> uh, we'll get to Jarell in a second. Um, Quinn, we montage the knowledge of the seas being dumped into your mind. Mm hmm. It's a literal blast of water coming forth from this large tome. Sea spray hitting you in the face, almost kind of like you're getting waterboarded, but with knowledge, <laughs> but also with water. <laughs> it sounds. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> am, am, am I enjoying this process? Pain is an excellent teacher, OK? Are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You, you tell us. I, I, don't know if I'm water. I don't know if I'm supposed to enjoy it. Yeah. The water eventually stops and you feel suffused with light and power and all the things that everyone else is going to be suffused with in a minute. But we're going to kind of loop back around to Jarell real quick. Jarell. I haven't stopped. You're yet, in trouble. That's what you're asking. You're in trouble. Yeah, it's now four grave titans plus two of these bladed constructs mm -hmm. and they have fought you into a corner. They've broken your shield. They've beaten you down. You're about to bite it, right? Make strength check. Seventeen. You're able to defeat two of them, but one of them is about to stomp on your head. Okay. Uh, I don't think I ever even asked for, like, a uh, pause. <laughs> no, because you know, and you want to know why? Because this is how every adventure goes, right? Like. Right. We exhaust ourselves to the absolute limit and then never know when to just stop and like collect ourselves. It's just always 
the grind. Right. <laughs> yep. uh, so Jarrell is literally just laying on the ground, about to have his face smashed. And he just says, "Pause simulation, <laughs> please, like please." <laughs> <laughs> the heel comes down, and you are unconscious. Okay, cool. <laughs> Felix. Yes. You are learning about the lives of Larlock and his ineffable time-spanning plans. Oh, boy. And the nature of the entity that uh, has designs for you. You can tell where you've gotten some of your uh, tendencies for. You were never quite so meticulous about your planning before. I mean, you were. But not into the nature you were. It was like a natural tendency you had that was amplified in a way that you never really fully understood. But it actually does it's laid bare before you say it's making so much more sense now why sometimes when I even didn't have a plan that things still kind of worked out. Yep, it's it's like the seeing eye photo clicking into place. So it's like, you know, Felix is conflicted now because it's like. On the one hand, like, obviously everything has led to, like, this moment, right? But I'm feeling like a pawn now in just, like, this greater game that, like, you know, it's like almost like I never had any control to begin with. Um, And now this thing wants to drive. It's like, what choice do I really have if this is our chance or this is my opportunity to be able to, like, you know, get the power I need to stop Vecna from doing unspeakable things you hear the voice in your mind oh it's only after you're dead I don't want you dead you amuse me Sides. I'll take that as a compliment we've got nothing but time that's how the best plans play out isn't it over time over decades over generations over eons these are the plans you want at your fingertips, isn't it? I mean, I, I would be lying if I did if I said no. Of course I do. Then understand that I'm thinking in the long term the same as you are. Sure, I'll get a body eventually. But I've got nothing but time. And eternity's a long time, and it doesn't need to be right now. This is amusing to me. Keep at it, dear boy. You've almost stumbled on the secrets. Um, Felix will continue because again, it just seems like I mean, this is this is my path to to yep. to, to power here. Um, as as questionable as it may be, I'm just going to emerge from this room eventually, and just going to be like, I just uh, <laughs> so funny story, uh, you know. <laughs> So now we cut back to Boris with the V3 statue ahead of you and off to your right, a recently smashed Jarrell. After he's pounded into the ground, the uh, Grave Titan stops, steps back and uh, uh, dissolves. Jarrell is still knocked out, though. So as the Grave Titan is stepping back and dissolving, Boris is already like in the air. Like I, she had like used the dummy as like a launch pad, basically with two crossbow bolts in her hand going for the Grave Titan. So she just like sails through where it was. 
and like does a tumble on the other side. Yep. A <laughs> uh, dramatic clatter as you hit the ground, the flagstones on the other side, and recover and go check on Jarrell. Darrell, roll a d20. Seventeen. So, does anybody think that was a death save? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. Not I just wanted a little bit of uh, extra tension. Jarrell, you hop up with seventeen hit points. <laughs> All right. This is a danger room. You're trying to learn things. If you die, you don't learn anything. But with a little bit of a healing aura, we can make pain that effective teacher that it needs to be. It's like, I feel like, yeah, but like, okay. So, I mean, this is sort of our long-winded way of explaining, right? This is how we're like leveling up, right? And like yeah. preparing ourselves for what is to come. Yeah. But I'm also trying to see if a thing happens in a place too. Okay. Hmm. So Boris, uh, you are able to sail through when you get that up. Now, are you going to mention anything about the dummy you were fighting? I'm not, Boris doesn't mention anything, but she's very obvious because, you know, she's like there, I guess, near where Jarell is, right? After Jarell yeah. gets back up and she can see that he's okay, she like gets like a super determined look on her face and like stomps back over to the dummy and once again just starts like wailing on it, not having learned to try anything different. She's just trying to kick its ass harder now. <laughs> yeah. Quinn, you finish with your training with Caesar, and he says that he has taught you all that he can. And uh, the lessons I have for you, they'll make themselves available when you need them. Perhaps after a long rest or something like that. <laughs> Not sure what the mechanics are here. <laughs> Listen. I'm a slacker minor god who has to do with the waves. I don't really know all of this. I, I just dumped some stuff into your head with a book. Look, this isn't even my smoking jacket. I don't even blow bubbles. Who blows bubbles anyway? <laughs> Stop judging me. I would never judge you, father. Good. <laughs> my... Dot not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he, he doesn't know how to be a good dad, but he's he's doing fine. He wasn't really fine. around much. No. <laughs> no, he's neither an educator nor a parent. He's, he's just entirely pretending at all of it. He's he also probably, just, He's shook that I'm I still even care. <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah, you're probably one of his many different right. kinds of yeah. offspring and realms he's, all he's over the probably place. done this more than once like this is boring to him <laughs> but, but I'm in awe I'm, I'm so yes. happy so you have completed your training and may regroup with the group at your leisure great you should check out the armory too since Quinn doesn't have like a single magical weapon to his name that oh yes the true. armory 
Would you like to check out the armory while we're at you, Quinn? Um, choice A, yes, please. Choice A, excellent. So what is it that you're looking for in the armory? As it um, has many sections with all kinds of different weapons. Sure. Um, he is... Um, he's a duelist, so he's probably looking for something that he can do one-handed, but also do things with his other hand. So a rapier, perhaps. I do already have a rapier, but a more enhanced or more exciting one would be phenomenal. So, as luck may have it, in one of the racks that you pass by is an excellent masterwork rapier with the sort of handguard that uh, looks kind of like um, you know, the, um, uh, the sword from uh, Princess Bride that was stolen by the six-fingered man, the masterwork of uh, Inigo Montoya's father. Just like the ideal fencing rapier. Great. It's gorgeous. It's inlaid. It's plus two. It's everything you could want it to be. And I wonder, you know, with the secrets, you know, that you learn with your from your father, you know, put, just grab daddy's dagger in the offhand. Maybe that'll do something extra at some point, you know? That's what I'm hoping for. Lots of buckling is going to get swashed that way. That's right. <laughs> you know, ships belts if you're feeling spicy you know <laughs> buckling and swashing I do like a good belt buckle that is true so Jarrell you're able to shake off the cobwebs you feel stronger but you definitely pushed yourself beyond your limits right is my shield actually broken um it needs a little bit of readjusting and you know refixing it's not okay, destroyed but it's not like shattered okay yeah, no but like your straps are detached from the back and need to be re-riveted on sure. you know the sort of thing that you can do which is going to take a little bit it's kind of a pain in the butt okay yeah i was just curious if i was looking for a new one or if that <laughs> yeah. just... i mean if you want a better shield the armory continues to exist uh yeah i'll check for a stronger shield if there's yeah what do you have right now I think I just have a normal one. Yeah. Okay. I have a normal shield. Yes. There are both bucklers and tower shields plus one that are available. Um, I will take the tower one, I guess. A tower shield plus one. So whatever the tower shield is, plus another uh, one. All on top shields, of it, all, all shields yeah. just give two AC. Uh, it doesn't really matter what they are. It's just flavor. Right. But plus one means that's an extra AC on top of. Yeah, the good. It's a plus three AC shield then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome all right excellent so you are now also armed up and i take it you might be trying to reconvene now felix you've had the knowledge of larlock but also the knowledge about larlock entered into you mm -hmm. you are also suffused with power but also you know angst i'm gonna just take some time to kind of like decompress not decompress but just like i guess like focus on what i've learned what i understand about my potential and um take like rest essentially in order yeah. to um just sort of like process all of this um you know because like i just I'm, i i just i want to be ready and i hope my friends will understand the choices that i made eventually that's really all I can say. 
All right. Boris, do you have anything else that you're doing now that you've uh, you've gotten yourself armed and you've kind of tuned yourself in with uh, with your abilities and you beat the hell out of a dummy? I mean, if the dummy's still standing, Boris is convinced that she's just not beating it hard enough. So she like no. takes a break at some point to like draw a face on it using uh, not her disguise kit. That's going to be too good of a face. She uses like her forgery kit and draws like the face of the old baron on it like very crudely to like inspire herself to kick its ass harder and just like she's just, she's just wailing on the dummy until the dummy ceases yeah. to exist which might never happen no the dummy <laughs> is incredibly durable however the one thing that does happen is as you continue to beat it the face fades off of it hmm <laughs> But otherwise, there's no lasting damage that you can do to this thing. However, you haven't turned it on or engaged it yet. Right. He said this is like how you fight a spellcaster and like all you've done is just keep punching it. <laughs> keep wailing on it. Yeah. It's not doing anything for you. <laughs> no, but Boris is convinced that that again, still that the problem is that she just needs to fight it harder. Right. Like there's nothing that's like actually notified her that this thing isn't turned on. Like... I mean, okay, is there like a giant thing like flashing somewhere telling her that Boris takes a second after wailing on this dummy for I don't even know how long it's been an hour. Just, two the hours, only thing four you hours. did was give it uh, the briefest of glances to see the name on the nameplate, but no other details because you didn't really look particularly hard. Okay, Boris steps back and like looks around to see if there's a way to make the dummy fighter back. <laughs> hmm. And, uh, you know, and it says to engage the V3 CN4 uh, dummy. D manual 232-C-356-12-X-2 or curators Flynn and Fletcher. <laughs> Tries clapping twice. You clap on <laughs> and. What hell? Let's give it a fair chance. <laughs> I'm a magnanimous DM. You are. Yeah, sure. Why not? It powers on and begins flinging uh, necromantic necrotic spells at you, starting with uh, Eldritch Blasts. It's flinging them pretty accurately. They're just barely singeing over your shoulder and starting to lock in a little bit closer by the second. Okay, I mean, uh, Boris uses the first little while just to practice diving and escaping and All like right. jumping around for a while. Good, you're you're working on your five Ds. Yeah. Wait, my five Ds. Dip, duck. dodge, duck, dip, dive, and oh, dodge. dodge. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then eventually throws a, a weapon at it, or throws her trusty dagger at it, expecting that will probably kill the first one. Throws the dagger, it stops, uh, stops dead, pings, and you hear a ding sound out of it. Round one complete. Proceed for round two. Oh, hell yes. Round two, start. And it starts by throwing a fireball at you. Dex save. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, make your dex check. Don't you have something for this as a rogue? 
Um, oh, yes. yeah, it's it's not all or half. It's now half or nothing. Yeah. Twenty three. Twenty three. So, yeah, you were able to successfully dodge it. But who oh boy, the stakes are increasing. I practiced dodging a few fireballs before then, you know, killing okay. the next dummy. Yeah, sounds good. You tag it again and end the round. And continue to fight through the rounds. Um, yeah, gonna we're going to say that you're uh, going for the next one. Uh, Win. Um, you have uh, finished with all that. Are you kind of on your way back to people then? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm just kind of twirling my new rapier, just kind of flashing it around. Yes. Uh, and then I, I rejoin the group. Swishes and flourishes and you roll up on um, a recovering Jarrell and a um, and a Boris who is fighting this uh, V3CN4 spellcaster. Jarrell, what are you up to right now? Um... You see you're recovering, you're kind of regaining your bearings. You are watching uh, Boris fight the spellcaster over there. I guarantee yeah, we, he's are, taking a long rest now. Right, are we effectively saying that I've spent all my stuff? Yeah. Every All my lay on hands. All, yes, so you, like are, you are spent. You, you were fought to your absolute limit. Right. So then at that point, yeah, he did take a long rest. <laughs> all right, so you are here. resting in the area. Mm-hmm. Felix, still absorbing knowledge? Well, I mean, at this point, right, like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I said I was going to like sort of rest on it. So I would rejoin my friends, right, and sort of like I just make sure that everyone's okay, that they're figuring out like what they're doing to sort of like get themselves together. Um, but otherwise, I'm just going to sort of, you know, meditate on this and, and just like let the let, let it grow. All right. Yep. Boris continues to fight V3CN4. And uh, that's sort of what's going on right now. So, Boris, there's some actual nasty stuff getting hurled at you this time. Okay. Uh, So let's uh, make another dexterity check. That's how we're going to have you play this out. I want to kind of get to some 20 for that one. A 20. So you're able to dodge it. Or do you throw another dagger at it then? Yeah, I mean, if I nat 20 the next one, I assume I'm good and immediately throw a dagger at it. Okay. Yeah, so the dagger is thrown and uh, the round comes to an end. Uh, that was a pretty taxing round, though. It looks like people are coming back. Do you want to continue? Hell yeah. All right. Make another dexterity check. No, that's not an at 20, uh, 24, 24. This one isn't a net 20 and the difficulty has gotten much larger. You take, uh, let's see, we're going to call this. I need to start incentivizing people to move things along here. <laughs> you take 12 necrotic damage, like square in the chest as you're just blasted by a uh, uh, Eldritch blast that comes right in the wake of another spell. OK. All right. Uh, so this round of combat plays out. Do you want to continue? Yep. 
We're just like banging our head against a wall now. <laughs> Boris literally keeps fighting until eventually somebody else like drags her off the field. Basically, she's waiting for somebody to come be like, Boris. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, make another dexterity check at disadvantage this time. Oh, at disadvantage. Oh, this one's not going to be good. Twelve. A death ray flies at your head and renders you unconscious. <laughs> the Quinn dummy just... asks the heir, do you want to continue? Quinn just walks over, grabs her arm and drags her away. Invalid response. Do you want to continue? No. no. Hey, <clears throat> I still don't respond. Invalid response. Do you want to continue? Just say no. Time outreached. Combat continues. <laughs> oh, shit. Conscious. I can't say anything. <laughs> Five different fireballs zoom out in an arc in front of the dummy. I have a response since I'm back with like I'm, I'm like rejoining people. I will attempt to cast counterspell in response to the, 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 the casting of that spell. It's happening at fifth level. Okay, counterspell at fifth level um, would definitely be enough to counter the spells coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and and just be like, okay, hold on, everybody. We just got to just let's get a hold of ourselves. Well, I'm holding Boris. Uh, does the machine, like, after I counter the spells, is it like, does it ask the question again? Do you want to? V3. Do you V V3. Do you want to? No. No, I don't. We, we're we good. No. Do you want? No. Do you? No. Do you want it to stop? Please. Yes, I want it to stop. Say, say. Do you want? Say, 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 say. Oh, no. Say, say, say my name. <laughs> <laughs> say my name. Uh -oh. Say my name. Oh, no. That's I don't like that. No, it is around <laughs> you. Yeah. Say, baby, I yeah, love Yeah, yeah, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, Say it. Nope. <laughs> We're coming for you, Vecna. The air gets 10 degrees colder around all of you instantly. And the statue itself shifts just ever so slightly, producing a staff from thin air that it pulls in front of it. The top opens up into what looks like, if you recognize, like the theater faces, one of them and a face sprouts upon that. Ah, uh, just what I was hoping for. <laughs> What's in a name, really? Is it like this? Is it like the fucking like uh, like that scene in um, what was it? The like, Age of Ultron, where it's like the like that that first robot or whatever that's just like right. crawling towards them, like yeah, like talking, mm. you know. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You've invoked my name in this place, and now I get power here as well. Uh, the statue itself still isn't moving. The only part of it moving is the face on the dick in front of it. Uh, that's, oh, uh, well, I, I, I stand by what I said. We're coming for you. No. 
The name is the important part, and I'm so glad you spoke it, and so glad you brought me here. Names are important. You know about me, though, don't you? I see two faces where you stand, Fizzlebottom. You, Jarrell, with your borrowed power. Did you're all still napping? No, no, you're you're up. You're up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're resting, but resting doesn't necessarily mean napping. Okay. Right. And <laughs> the mood has changed. You've heard of my hand and eye, haven't you? Yes. Yes. Those most famous, the most infamous of my dread harbingers. <laughs> it said they came from me. That's not entirely true. My hand and I, they, they were first spun into existence by a scribe. A man they called Brian of House Bloom. They were to be artifacts of some great unspoken terror. The emphasis back then was on the unspoken. Those kind of terrors, they lose their dread if they remain unspoken too long. Inevitably, an intrepid soul with more inquisitive nature than survival instinct would tend to extrapolate that which was previously unspoken, unspeakable from the artifacts already extant. There were a hand and eye, thus there had to be the rest of Vecna. I had to exist at that point. From that it's all stories. All these different realities, they tell stories about me. What I am, what I've done. And how you helped me. <laughs> Claiming the power of the Primus gave me the power to finally impose order in the way only a Primus can upon my own name. I've claimed every version of me that's ever existed. There have been many Vecnas. Earth, Exandria, Hawkins, everywhere my name is invoked, I exist. And I'm bringing them all together. I'm staking my ontological claim that my name is greater than your story. And that I get to take this realm and all the others all for me. Come, take your time, of course. Maybe I bother you a little bit along the way, because with infinite time and infinite power and infinite realities available to me, 
I do have the leisure for infinite pettiness. I'll see you soon. And the statue crumbles. And that's where we're going to end this episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. Amazing, amazing monologue. We did. We did. We were commenting just a few episodes ago about the snark that uh, Vecna possesses. (laughs) His legendary, legendary snark. And uh, yeah. Hmm. And but I wanted a really good Vecna. I didn't want you to fight Vecna. I wanted you to fight the concept of Vecna. <laughs> the name. <laughs> yeah, the Vecna that was born from the artifacts. Like, the fact that every fucking podcast apparently is using Vecna. So you know what? You get to fight the all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. I kind of love that. Every incarnation of Vecna. Yes. Now that he's claimed the power of the Primus and he's claimed power over his own name, he has claimed every version of himself in broken oh. reality. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> well, this would be a fun way to go out, I guess. Oh, we're going out all right. Oh, yeah. But if you if you like us, if you like what I've done or what I'm attempting to mangle D&D lore into, you can find us on the Internet. We're in such places as, you know, the Twitter and the Instagram and maybe the Facebook. I deleted mine, so I don't maintain it anymore. Maybe somebody does. All those places, though, they'll take you to the... You know, through pinned posts and such, the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server. And that's really where we want you to interact with us anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, interact with us a little bit on Twitter. Zach does some beautiful work with that. It's a beautifully bizarre avant-garde work, but it's it's very emblematic of us and what we are and who we are and what we do. (laughs) Then you can meet us at our Discord, and that's the place to really talk to us and get to be part of our community of people who like D&D, but also like things other than D&D, but while liking D&D. Now, if you really like us, though, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. If you have a podcast that allows you to leave reviews, please leave one there. If yours doesn't, we have a channel called Five Stars that's in our Discord. You can leave us a review there. Either of those places you leave a review, we will find it, we will read it on air, so we can recognize you as the five-star person that you are. Now, if you really, really like us, though, you could donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash haplessheroes. We have a... A few reward tiers, um, but they get you, um, at least some of them, get you access to our bloopers, our outtakes, our lounge channel inside of our Discord, you know, where we uh, do all of our posting with our pinkies in the air. It's Mm -hmm. hell on touch typing, but it's, uh, you know, it's great for, you know, that slight feeling of superiority you get when you donate to a podcast that is, you know, giving you good content. Yeah, we like post like some like occasional stuff in there, like, uh, you know, like like that we had all gone to a wedding or a bunch of us had gone to a wedding this summer and like, you know, like we had some wonderful photos of like John posing with his car or whatever, like we put up in there just as like a sort of like, uh, hey, you know, like was the, we were the hap- like this is the hapless heroes that were here. <laughs> we were all hanging out with each other. It was great. Um, yeah, please, like you know, we, we it's it's we 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 appreciate any of all the, any and all of the donations uh, we've received. Also, you know, just wanted to say a quick thing, like you know, at this point now, with the day this episode is releasing is our six year anniversary as a podcast. Like our first episode released on Oct- October third of uh 2016 
And so I just want to say, like, you know, for a lot of so there's been there's been people who have been with us ever since like we started our Patreon at some point after this became a show and people asked us about it. And so I just like want to acknowledge the fact that it's like, you know, for everybody who's who was a patron, who still is a patron, who was thinking about it, like everything that you've contributed to us has all gone right right back into this show and has kept it on the air. And us like, you know, like motivated to like do fun stuff and all this stuff for like six years now. So I would just like I, I just want to like make sure that like we really highlight that and really want to just like say from the bottom of our hearts like y'all are fucking awesome. Thank you. We love you. Yeah. Hey. Um, and if you like us, really like us, Sally Field and the whole deal, you're gonna grab a van and you're gonna go down to your local pumpkin patch and you're gonna fill that van full of pumpkins. Then you're gonna go down to your local thrift shop and get yourself some like lab coats and trench coats and good costume pieces and set your front lawn up to be a pumpkin version of your favorite scene from the Hapless Heroes podcast. And then you're going to post those pictures in our Discord for us. Doable. This is super doable. And I like it shows that they really love us. I like there's a homework assignment to that too. Like post it in the Discord so we can see it. Yeah, I want to see the pumpkin scenes. (laughs) Pixar didn't happen. (laughs) Love that. All right, folks. Well, we've uh, we've done all the damage that I feel I can do for us tonight. So um, the only thing left I can do is make my graceful exit, and I will do that by outroing my cast, starting from my right with the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, played by Francesco. We have a plan. To his right, we have the Lord Jarrell the Light. Uh, Valen's something or other, played by John. <laughs> Until next time. To his right, we have Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, played by Mike. I suddenly feel so waterlogged. And to his right, we have Boris the Butcher, played by Nicole. Boris lifts her head, looks at the crumbled dummy, and says, yeah, beat it. And my name is Dave. I've been your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. I will see you next week, where we will delve further into this... Uh, most uh destructive something of adventures i don't know i was looking for alliteration and couldn't find it i'm gonna (laughs) just duck out bye-bye now (laughs) bye-bye